I wish I could put words to the face that she just gave. I'm just going to say there was a face. Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about two things that are so important to the universal needs and its process, and that's interconnectedness and equity. And these are two things that I did not quite understand or really even get when I first started my journey. In fact, neither one of us understood them at all. In fact, I would go so far as to say that when both of us started our journey with needs, I don't think that either of us really knew even about either of these things. No, not like, at all. I know I didn't. Um, and um, it's I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that the path I went down personally, at one point, these two topics were not in the Universal Needs Program. They weren't even mentioned in the Universal Needs Program. I'm horrified to admit that, but that's kind of part of my ignorance of these topics when when kind of I first started on this journey. And now, in some respects, they're two of the most important aspects that are included in what we talk about. So I'm I am just I know how important today's subject matter is, and I'm really hoping that that what we share today will help some other people, maybe who were where we were, um, understanding like how and why and what these things are and why they're so important. So, um, so should we should we dive on in? Yeah, let's get right to it. Nice. So, what do we actually mean when we say interconnectedness? Hmm. Good question. So. When we talk about interconnectedness, what we mean is that as human beings, we are all intrinsically interconnected. There is a connection between every single one of us. And what this means in the context of needs, like what does it have to do with needs? That's why we're here, right? And the universal needs. What does it have to do with the universal needs is that if we meet our needs in ways that have a side consequence of negatively impacting somebody else or their needs, because of that connection that exists between the two of us, without us sometimes even being aware of it, being conscious of it or realizing it, it actually negatively impacts our needs too. And the converse is also true. That is that if we are meeting our needs that have a side consequence of benefiting another person, because of that that connection that exists between all human beings, If we do them in those ways, it actually has the consequence of also benefiting our needs as well. So what we need to do is be aware of of what the ways, of the effects that the ways that we choose to meet our needs have on other people and whether they're negatively or positively affecting people. Now we started to kind of talk about this just a little bit in episode two where we started talking about being self first. 
and about what that actually means. And there are actually some really good examples. Like some of the examples that we gave in there about being selfish, about being selfless, about being selfless, kind of started to show you some of the connections and some of the things of like, oh, I can see what well, if, if I did this, yeah, that would do that. You know, that doesn't help me out um, and what have you. Um, and we are often very good at seeing this with the people who are closest to us. So our intimate partner, our close friends, our family members. But the truth is this exists with all human beings everywhere to a greater or lesser extent. So we need to be kind of more aware of things in the wider context. So um, let me just share a, a kind of a, just a little story from my own experience. So I used to work in corporates many, many years ago. I used to work in video games, worked in corporate media for a while. And I remember one of the companies that I was working at I got on really, really well with the rest of my team. Like we had a really great relationship going, things were going really, really well. And then what ended up happening was that they recruited somebody new to the team. And initially, if you'd asked me at the time, I would have said that I didn't really like her. Um, and so I didn't engage with her. I kind of withdrew when she was around. I would try and find ways to not have to engage with her while we were working. Now, the truth of it is being very, very honest and looking back and seeing what was really going on was that what happened was all of these people in my team were people I got on with very well, spend a lot of time with, very close with, they were actually meeting a lot of my needs. And what happened was when this new person came along, they took a lot of that attention and focus and connection from these other people that was no longer coming to me. So my needs weren't being as well met when this person was around. And I kind of, my brain interpreted, I'm, I'm not somebody who'd be like, uh, who would think it would be okay to be like, well, I'm jealous of that person. That wouldn't have sat well within who I, uh, who I am and my identity as a human being and how I see myself. And so I internalized that, well, I don't feel good when this person's around as I don't like her. And actually it had absolutely nothing to do with her whatsoever. It was me seeing the impact or recognizing at some level the impact that her presence was having to my needs. And what I ended up doing was I ended up, as I said, withdrawing from her, trying to find ways where I didn't have to engage with her because quote unquote, I didn't like her. And as a result, what it actually did was it actually weakened the team dynamic. So we went from being a very, very close knit team to now having these weird dynamics that were like different people weren't connecting directly. They weren't comfortable around each other. They weren't, they weren't relating to the rest of the team the way that we had been previously. And also I think it actually affected my relationship with some of the other team members because they liked her and got on well with her and my kind of weirdness around her um, caused a little bit of a disconnect between me and them. So what it ended up doing was that ended up then impacting me because the lack of strength and cohesiveness and cooperation and collaboration in the team, just that connection that we had meant that I was now missing something uh, because I didn't have that anymore. And I also didn't have the connections in the same way as I did with the other team members. And all of that was me trying to find a way to meet my needs, but in doing so, the way I chose to do it, it actually negatively affected this other person, which then negatively affected the team and which negatively affected me. Affected me. So what it meant was that I was doing this thing and the way I was choosing to do it actually impacted me because it negatively impacted somebody else. And that's the kind of correlation and causation that we're, we're talking about here. Um, I know that you've got a, a, a more kind of personal uh, example of this, haven't you? Yeah, uh, the example I I have for this is um, intertwined with family dynamics mm -hmm. and um, my father and I had a very uh, rocky relationship um, for many many years and I would 
confront him on things or I my approach was not always um the most well, helpful most helpful well <laughs> thought out mm-hmm. and it was me being authentic to how I felt but there are many ways I could have handled it and yeah. my go-to was usually somewhat of either an attack or it's it was confrontational. It was confrontational. Right? Yeah. yeah, not I guess attack is the wrong word, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't lovey-dovey compassion and emotion. It was like <laughs> if you're not if you're missing on the audio one of the things with Serena that you will discover as we go through this podcast episode process is that her face says things sometimes that she doesn't necessarily have words for it's part of the reason that we're also doing a video like a vodcast a video podcast not just the audio version um so I wish I could put words to the face that she just gave I'm just gonna say there was a face and and, and if you want to take a look at the the video one feel free to pop over to Patreon and and discover the video there. Um, But that was a very effective communication face-wise. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) It was very obvious what you meant from what you said, from from how you looked. My face showed up to every conversation. Mm -hmm. So even, I mean, just going in it with that energy because I am, I am great on the phone, great (laughs) off of a camera because I can say something, but going to yeah. tell everything right <laughs> anyway so I'd come to these situations and I wouldn't I wouldn't be giving any consideration that I'm going to get my needs met for however I and again not consciously you're not thinking I'm going to get my needs met yes. you were just doing what you needed to do what I needed to do for right, my right. own yeah. comfort my own survival yeah. for whatever reason I I did not look forward to these interactions mm-hmm. so if I was there the fact I even had to be present I was already charged up right just my simple need to be there for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and my approach was confrontational didn't matter to me because i didn't care how it was affecting him right because i was the child and you know there's all Mm -hmm. of those dynamics right but what i really wasn't focusing on even though i was aware it was happening is when i would go into that situation and i would do whatever served me My father would then go to my grandmother who was in my household and somebody I was close to who we also had a different dynamic, but he would go and he would unleash on her Mm -hmm. who would then come back to me and be upset because now her granddaughter and her son weren't weren't in one big happy family Mm -hmm. and essentially putting her in the middle so then I would feel bad and then I would go and I would unleash on my father who would Mm -hmm. go back to my grandmother who Mm -hmm. would come back to me and it would start this just vicious cycle where I didn't want to be around anybody right and I was undermining my own needs while harming my grandmother putting her right in the middle of it right and And while trying to meet your needs you were actually undermining your needs yes like it was this kind of vicious and this is the thing with the interconnectedness thing is that so often we're trying to we're trying to meet our needs but we're just using strategies that are really ineffective and end up then further undermining them so that's the interconnectedness side of what we're talking about today this is actually linked very very closely with the other topic we're talking about today so let's jump over to that for a second then we'll explain what the connection is between the two so On the other side of things is equity. Now, what does equity have to do with needs? Well, 
The reality is, is that we do not live in an equitable society, which means that different people have, it, for different people, it's either easier or harder to get their needs met based on the way that society is operating. So what that means is that um, if we're not paying attention to equity, that because of the interconnectedness piece, our needs actually end up being consistently unmet. And I'll explain why. So when I say we don't live in an equitable society, what this means is, is that certain people, it's easier for us to get our needs met, not easy, but easier to get our needs met because of certain characteristics about us. So it may be because of the color of our skin, it may be because of our physical ability, it may be because of uh, our weight, it might be because of how we look, it might be because of um, how we uh, identify as gender, uh, which gender we identify as. It may be to, uh, to down to our sexuality. I mean, it could be a whole range of different things. And what ends up happening is that people who fit into the societal quote unquote norm of those groups, i.e. the way that um, the people who are viewed in society as being the default, it means it's easier for the people in those groups to get their needs met than it is for the people who aren't in those groups. What it also means, therefore, is that I said, it doesn't make it easy, it just makes it easier. Because for the people who aren't in their, those groups, there are more barriers for them to overcome to get their same needs met as the people who do exist in those groups. So when we talk about this, we talk a lot about systemic privilege. So we held systemic privilege when we belong to one of those groups that is viewed socially as the norm or the default. And we uh, we don't hold privilege in the places where we don't. So um, let's, let's give an example of this that might help to kind of... Um, explain a little bit more. Um, so most people, one of the examples that a lot of people can see is someone who has a physical disability. So if someone, for example, uses a wheelchair and they're not able to walk upstairs. If, for example, their local supermarket only has steps to get into, they physically have these barriers to overcome. It's harder for them to go and get their groceries. It's harder for them to go and get the things that they need to be able to meet their needs. The same is true if they go to a gym, for example, that doesn't have a lift or doesn't have uh, only has stair access. Um, it might be um, the same thing with their work situation. If they work in, a, in an office which doesn't have uh, wheelchair access. So that's one of the things where there's an obvious thing that we can see where, okay, society is orientated around people who are physically able-bodied and able to walk, which means that if somebody doesn't fit into that group of being able to walk, that there are more barriers for them to overcome to get those base level needs met. So, so that's one example, and it's a really obvious one that people can start to see how society is oriented around certain groups of people, and it makes it harder for people who don't belong to those groups to be able to get their same needs met. Same thing is true if, um, for example, um, somebody has a, um, a hearing impairment or they're deaf. Like if you're, um, if you, there are certain uh, places where they're, they're not, they don't have subtitles or they um, haven't got sign language being, um, being put into place. Or somebody who's blind and there aren't visual um, descriptions of what's going on. So this, that when we're talking about physical disabilities, people tend to be able to see the, well, some physical disabilities, let's put it that way. So, so people tend to be able to see these a little bit more clearly. Now, the reality is, is that there are lots of groups of people who are either getting these unearned benefits or who are have facing more barriers because they have a certain characteristic of their of their being, as I said, race, gender, sexuality, 
um, size, social, societal attractiveness. So there's all these different groups. And what this means is that when it comes to our needs and getting our needs met, we are not all on an even playing field when it comes to meeting our needs. What's even further from that is that if you belong to more than one of those groups that have more barriers to overcome, the 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 challenge of that is often not added together it's compounded if you uh, want to hear more about this i recommend watching um the ted talk by dr kimberly crenshaw on the urgency of intersectionality where she talks about intersectionality which is this kind of crossroads where you sit at the intersection of two levels of marginalization and she describes brilliantly and just gives some really good examples about what that actually means so what this means is because we're not all in an even playing field when it comes to getting our needs met it means it's, it's easier for some people and it's harder there are more barriers to overcome for others when we start to connect that into the interconnectedness thing what it means is that without equity it's it's not as easy for everyone to get their needs met and without that equity because we're all interconnected if it's harder for other people to get their needs met, actually that's gonna negatively impact our needs. So this is the reason these two kind of concepts work so importantly together and connect in because without getting this, without understanding this piece, the universal needs as, a, as, a, as an approach to life could actually be weaponized and used to harm people. Because if you don't get that how you meet your needs, the impact that you, the ways you meet your needs has to other people actually impacts you. If someone else complains and is like, hey, that thing you did really harmed me, and you'd be like, oh, sorry, I was just meeting my needs. Um, that's how this could be applied. And actually, I'm gonna be honest, when I first started looking at the needs work, that's kind of how I was approaching it. And thank goodness, um, I was, um, very grateful to have some people around me who kind of brought these things to my attention and made me realize actually not only is meeting my needs in those way negatively impacting these other people but because of this interconnectedness piece it's actually harming me as well it's not actually supporting me it's negatively it's a detriment to my needs as well and so if we uh, so it's really important that we notice and care about our impact to other people in the ways that we choose to meet our needs now remember Everything you do every second of every day is done to meet your needs. So we need to be aware of the impact of everything that we're choosing to do. So um, if you're not, I mean, this is this is for a lot of people, it's probably some, some new information or it's something maybe you haven't heard in this way uh, before or something that may be struggling a little bit sometimes to get your, your head around. There are some resources that we will provide um, that will help to give a little bit more context to what we're, sh uh, what we're sharing. Um, but there is actually a very, very interesting TED talk by a lady called Paula Williams. Now, Paula Williams is a trans woman who has lived life as an adult man and as an adult woman. And she shares some of the things, and she actually says, I'm gonna paraphrase here, I'm not gonna get this uh, direct quote um, accurate, but she says that, um, that men actually are unable to understand just how much the world is tilted in their favor because they've never had to live as a woman. But the interesting thing is, she also says, women really have no understanding of just how far the world is tilted against them because they've never seen how easy and when you've kind of lived on both sides of it it helps to give you this clarity and understanding of it and that's just one of the things if that's and, and uh, paula williams is a white woman so when you add in if you're uh, if you're a, a black brown or indigenous or melanated person that's a term that was um coined by according to wheeze um if you're if you also are in that group of uh, society, 
then there's another it makes it even harder and then if you are also a um somebody who has a, a disability physical or if you have a mental health condition or something that then adds another layer of barriers so it really helps to start to see where this inequity in our society exists the first step is we have to see what the inequity is we have to see it first in order that what we can do it's our then responsibility as we are navigating through our lives once we can start to see the inequity and actually we need to go looking for it we can't just wait for it to present itself to us because this is critical to the meeting of our needs so we need to go looking for it and when we go looking for it and we see it what we need to do is we need to be um, doing what we can to try to rebalance wherever we can that inequity in order that we can create more equity at a societal level so that we're not um we're not facing the consequence of this either the people who aren't on the same playing field as we are the level playing there's because the the playing field isn't level so we're not playing on the same playing field but also um so that we don't negatively impact our needs by being in the by meeting our needs in ways that we don't even realize are impacting other people and that's the thing is that when it comes to this so often what ends up happening is that people focus on our intention and it's like oh I didn't mean to do that and the challenge when it comes to this piece and actually in every area of life although this is something that I um I for a long time I kind of railed against and I really struggled with as a concept was actually your intention doesn't really matter that much what matters more is your impact so if you imagine if you were um if somebody was driving a car and they reversed over you now, if they intended to do that, obviously there's a, that's a little bit worse, but irrespective of whether they intended to do it or not, the impact to your body is the same. The amount of healing required, the time it's gonna take for you to heal, what it, um, the emotional um, trauma of that, that impact is gonna be the same either way. So what matters most is the impact rather than, than the intention behind it. So while we may not intend to negatively impact other with, others with our choices, I know I didn't, and I know that um, most people out there are people who would consider themselves good people who wouldn't want to do harm to another, pe- to another person or any other people. What matters most is our impact. And so we need to learn about this and we need to see these uh, where this inequity is so that we can stop contributing to that um, dynamic and stop impacting other people, albeit unintentionally, albeit inadvertently, because when we do that, it also impacts our own needs as well. Um, so as I said, the the um, the um, TED talk with, uh, by Paula Williams is a good one to, um, to to listen to about this because she puts in there. I mean, there's a, an example, and interestingly enough, Serena's going to share in a minute about um, about travel, and she talks about traveling on a plane and what happened when somebody was in her seat and how that would have gone down. How, how that did go down when she was a man versus how it went down when she was a woman. Um, she was uh, said about, um, she was a, a, a bike enthusiast, very knowledgeable about bikes, went into a bike shop and asked a, a very specific question, like, if is this something that caused, could cause this with a bike? And the response was, well, you need to make sure your bike is regularly maintained. And she said, I, I know that. Um, but could this cause this situation in a bike? And he, I, the, the person responded with a, yet another question. And she started to get frustrated. And he was like, well, I don't know what you want with me, want from me. And she was like, 
an answer to the question I've asked would be nice. And it's interesting, there's all these like kind of little things or things that seem little when they don't affect us. I started to see this with my privilege is that it didn't seem like a big deal when I, it wasn't impacting me. When I was on the other side of the coin and I was feeling the impact that, that a, lot, a lot of these things get, these um, situations get described as quote unquote microaggressions. Well, they only appear micro when they're not directly impacting you. When you are feeling the impact of them, then they're not micro in any way, shape or form. And that's what we need to understand is that we need to start to see where we are unintentionally and uh, inadvertently impacting other people so that we can stop that, so that we stop impacting others and so that we stop impacting our own needs. Now, I know that you, Serena, have um, a very, very, uh, or what's a quite a unique experience, I think, for a lot of people because you've sat on two different sides of this equity and so you've experienced it from two different directions. Do you want to share a little bit about what those what that um, inequity is and what the, what your kind of journey has been and what you experienced on the two different sides of it? Yeah, definitely. Um, as Claire said, I have the experience of being on both sides and I know from personal experience how much harder it was to get to meet my needs and the barriers that stood in my way to meeting my needs when I was an obese person. Mm -hmm. I lost half of my body weight through mm -hmm. a lot of hard work, through a lot of dedication. And I was a happy person when I was obese. I had for people like, oh, you have such good confidence for somebody who's so heavy. It's like, Thank you very much too. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's not actually a compliment. So you, exactly. Right. Or, and neither is you have such a pretty face. Oh. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway. I can only imagine. I mean, even just those, even those things mm -hmm. where that's a, a great example of what we were talking about in terms of those quote unquote microaggressions mm -hmm. where the person saying them in their mind, I'm sure intended it to be a compliment. And that's not a compliment, it's actually offensive. Mm -hmm. And so the impact when it landed with you, I'm guessing was pretty hurtful, at, at least, um, if not traumatic in certain situations. And so you can probably speak to a little bit more about like that, that you might not intend it, but the impact is huge. And so we need to do something to address the impact versus focusing too much on what, what our intention is. Yeah, I mean, people would be trying so hard to look look above my body right and come on like it's not like i didn't know that i was overweight like <laughs> trying to dance all of you yeah and they would only see my head right and right there that that was a constant impact on just my value alone mm -hmm. like nobody really saw me as worthy it i was treated as i was less than i was right. never as pretty as skinny as mm -hmm. as 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 sexy and, and like all, all the things yeah all the things yeah. that you want to embody as a woman mm -hmm. i was automatically at a detriment the way people treated me in one place where this this became almost a traumatic example and a reoccurring traumatic mm. experience for me was traveling i love to travel i've always loved to travel and i've never let my weight limit me on traveling mm -hmm. But it would get to the point as I got, when I was younger, I didn't see it as much. I was a little bit more oblivious to adults. And 
I thought there were... Well, and also something's been your... It's all you've ever experienced. Yeah. Then it sometimes can be harder to see it, even when it's right in your face. Yeah. And there were different coping mechanisms that I would use to kind of blind myself out, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, no, I can I can put a spin on it for myself, for right. my own well-being, knowing that that was just the spin I chose to put on it. Right. But as... So, like, one, can you give some of the examples that you experienced when you were traveling that... Yeah, I mean, the first one would be initially you walk on the plane and you look at the seats. And as somebody who is much smaller now, who fits pretty well in a seat, I still look at those seats and I'm like, wow, there is no room there. Mm -hmm. And to go on as, you know, and I'm going to I'm going to give you that number, a 275 pound woman going into a seat wondering, am I going to fit? Is the seatbelt going to fit? Right. And having to ask for a seatbelt extender and the embarrassment and mm. the trying to do it. And every time you would try to do it kind of low key, it seems right. like you were announcing it over the loudspeaker, mm-hmm. like seat number A14 needs a seatbelt extender. And that's what I felt because the few people around me would all of a sudden kind of look and be like, hmm. And she needs one of those. And there wasn't a judgment. Right. They didn't know me, but there was an automatic judgment. Mm -hmm. And then people would come and they'd walk down the aisle. I've had this work two ways where um, there's this airline that I like to fly that you choose your own seat. So I'd go on and I'd choose my seat. Don't you know I was always the last one to get a seat, buddy? Because people would walk by and it's like, I would get the dirtiest looks, the rudest comments from adults Mm -hmm. because I was overweight. Why would... No, just I'm not just for existing there. in that space. For existing in that seat. Mm-hmm. For that seat that I paid for like they did. Mm. Or when somebody is assigned a seat in the same thing and they come up and you could see their disgust, their displeasure with their seating assignment because they then had to sit next to me. And I try to take up as little room as I can, think mm-hmm. skinny thoughts, push myself together, jam myself in a comfortable ways to try to appease their comfort level mm-hmm. because they didn't want to sit next to somebody who was overweight. Right. In the comments, just the they can't hear me type of comments. Right. Well, and you think if you think about it, I mean, it, it's um, there's a there's a logic to how we've kind of got to there. If you think about how uh, people who are obese are talked about in the media, on TV shows, in um, movies like i mean i we were we referenced um uh friends in episode two and you look at the the jokes that were made at monica's expense when she was obese versus when she'd lost the weight um and this is not a unique thing to that one tv show it happens over and over again so we're taught like we're getting these kind of messages and this information all the time to systemically devalue people who fit that mold and whether that mold is someone who is uh, obese whether it's somebody who has a certain skin color or whether it's someone who has um, a certain level of education or lack of education like formalized education we're not taught to value other skill sets it's 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 really frustrating because there's that it's it's a systemic um, conditioning that we're around our entire lives and I can I can I mean obviously I only have a certain level of marginalization from being a, a woman um, but I can only imagine the additional layers that come on with 
that side of things. And and again, it's that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what the intention. The other thing is, is that I can I can hear some people going, oh well, like those people are the exception, and they they should like lose weight. Like we, I looked it up before we got on the um, on the podcast recording today. In the US, over forty percent of the population is obese. So that's over forty percent of the population that are not being accommodated and that have all of these extra barriers to get to get their needs met um so it's i mean it's it's infuriating it's frustrating when you see when you start to see things through the context of needs and you see just how much harder it is for some people to get their needs met so i mean obviously if there's anything else you want to share about this kind of feel free but i'm kind of curious as someone who's lived on the other side of it as well what has been your experience now being on the other side of it and and seeing the the contrast between the two um at times it's almost disgusting when i mm. i think back to that there's certain situations i still travel and the reactions i get now being in the form that i am versus i mean the contrast you i couldn't i would have never imagined mm. in my physical form now that somebody could have been treated the way that I was right. only five years prior. Mm-hmm. It's it it's mind blowing and it makes it makes me really look into the areas that maybe that I had kind of put a veil over and I'm like, oh well, you know, I don't have any bad intentions towards them or, mm-hmm. you know, oh I didn't mean to I didn't mean it to come off that way. And all of the little things, all of the all of the areas where I let privilege mm-hmm. step above the basic needs of any human being right and just to give context to the term privilege when we talk about privilege we're talking about systemic privilege so we're talking about um any any characteristic that you have for which you get unearned benefits simply because you have that characteristic so um a lot of people kind of struggle with this when we when we talk about privilege if for example they haven't been brought up um, with wealth, with financial privilege, because there's a perception in society that privilege is something for the wealthy. And that is one form of privilege, there's a socioeconomic privilege that exists. And you can, if you're someone who doesn't have so that, if you don't have wealth privilege, and, but you're, you have white skin, um, or you're a man, or you are straight, or you are at the thinner end of the spectrum, somebody with the same level of socioeconomic privilege but who doesn't belong to those groups someone who is black or brown or indigenous or melanated in some other way or someone who is a woman or a trans person or a non-binary person or someone who is identifies as as queer or gay or someone who is uh, as as serena experienced like uh, obese this is the thing is that that someone with that same level of wealth privilege is going to have it even harder because they've got these other barriers to overcome as well. And this, um, we'll uh, add a link in the comments. There's a there's a great um, article that helps explain the privilege piece in the context of poverty because it can be a, a, sometimes a barrier to understanding. And the reality is is that nobody should have to change that characteristic of who they are in order to get their needs met. So in the situation that Serena was in, it was something that she was able to, through a lot of pain and hardship, change. She shouldn't have ever had to, to get her base level needs met. But there are some people with some situations, they cannot change. 
if you have a physical condition, like an invisible disability. Uh, I know so many people where they have a disabled badge, but because they can walk out of a car, they get these kind of looks of disgust from people because the assumption is therefore that they don't need a disabled space. Where if you have like a chronic health condition um, that that affects your um, energy levels or um, can impact the body in terms of like a, a internal pain, like a rheumatoid arthritis or something like that, that is just as just as valid and just um, something that is you where you would require a space like that to be able to meet your basic needs. And there are certain things that cannot be changed. And so while we're talking about a situation that Serena did change, one, nobody should have to change anything about themselves to get their base level needs met. All human beings are worthy of having all of their needs met simply for the fact they exist. I'm gonna say that again. All human beings are worthy of having all of their needs met simply for the fact that they exist. And people who cannot change these aspects and these characteristics of themselves, there's nothing they can do. So we have to change the system. We have to change the way our society is working so that nobody is in that position where they have all these barriers to overcome in order to get their needs met, both at an individual level and also when we look at the interconnectedness, how that, oh, whoops, sorry. I hate it. I, 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 I get it when I when I get very intense about something. I know something's very important. I gesticulate a lot. If you're on the if you're on the video podcast, you just saw what happened, um, and I um I got a little um interconnected with the sound barrier. I did get <laughs> interconnected with the sound barrier. So when we understand that interconnectedness piece, how that actually impacts our own needs as well, and our responsibility to others and to ourselves in terms of uh, that piece. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about this? I know this is obviously something you've had much more experience with than I am. I, I have, and I, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing from your experience with us today because I know there are going to be people listening who are going to who are going to relate, or who maybe wouldn't have understood this in the same way previously. And you sharing your experiences probably helped them to get it just a little bit more. So I really appreciate that. Is there anything you want to add before we finish up? I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole with this for days. Mm -hmm. If there's anything that anybody wants to know about, wants to hear about, to have us address, I am more than happy to to share my experience with you. Thank you for that. And I'm sure this is a topic we will return to again and again and again, both interconnectedness, equity, and our own experiences with both of these things. This is a topic I'm sure that will come up over and over again on the episodes to come. So um, thank you, Serena, for your sharing today. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, we'll be back next week with the, the final piece of our deep dive into the seven keys to getting all your needs consistently met. Um, uh, so we can't wait to speak to you again then in the meantime stay safe lots of love and continue to meet your own needs that's it for today if you like what you heard please subscribe rate and give us a written review as it will help more people find us and remember when you meet your needs in ways that negatively impact other people it also negatively impacts your needs too there is always another way well shit it really is that simple.